I'm Chris Hansen, and I want to ask you some questions. Please have a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker, and we have a special guest on this week. It's Alex, and we all watched the original Predator movie. Now, there have been a couple sequels to Predator 2, and in 2010, there was Predators, and this year they're coming out with, what were they calling this one? Just Predator or something? Just regular Predator? Predator. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, we'll watch it, just get ready for that sort of thing. I'm sure it will be as good as the original. It has Olivia Munn. So, uh, an Arnold movie, one I haven't seen yet, and it's kind of part Wait, of the fun what? of... I No, I have a reason for this one. I think part of the fun of being an Arnold fan is, like, saving some special ones for later on. This way, I never run dry. If I see every single Arnold movie, eventually I'm going to, like, run out of good ones. I'll have to watch Red Sonja at some point. I mean, maybe sooner than you want to. Oh, God, no. There's a chance. Uh, you know. Well, not a very good I, I understand your logic you there. I mean, that's the same reason that I haven't touched my dick in two years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now before we get to what we recently watched, let's get on with the news. Uh, Parker, you told me earlier you don't have any, but I did come across an important piece of news. Now, Parker, Alex, we live in a society, uh, specifically an American society, and the unmitigated audacity of Hollywood to have a movie with Ryan Gosling going to the moon and not putting the American flag down, I mean, tears running from my eyes right now. So, how, I mean, how are they justifying this? Now, I have a question about this. Yes. Is your dad just a red-faced cartoon with steam coming out of his ears? Uh, he, he is very much Ooh, like... Get <laughs> big Hollywood liberals! It was real embarrassing. We went out with the family, and his hat flew off his head. He started shooting the ground with two pistols. Actually, we did talk about this, and he started standing for uh, Ryan Gosling, saying, Ryan Gosling's excuse... Well, he's not really the producer. I don't think he's the producer on this. I could be wrong. Uh, so his excuse, he was just trying to mollify the press, but the directors, they had no guts, and they didn't decide to defend it. My, my dad doesn't have a southern accent. I don't know why I did that. But uh, Those now, buddy. Welcome to 2018. <laughs> well, Alex, I have to ask you, if Hollywood made the decision, you know they're pretty much just doing this for the money, and who's got a lot of money these days? Well, the Chinese market. What if they put the Chinese flag on the moon? How many billions of Chinamen and China women would go and see this? Oops. <laughs> it appears that my friend just mentioned an Asian country. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Draw you... that card real quick. <laughs> oh, All right, we should have an explainer of what just happened. Uh, right, Parker, you have your new word on Discord. Oh, oh I right. have it open. Don't worry. Okay, great. So, oh, are there going to be multiple ones per episode? We'll talk to you, buddy. Okay. So, uh, carefully. Damn it. Okay, anyway, uh, let's explain what happened. For the game of games, we have what's called secret slime words. And it's kind of like that Groucho Marx thing from the 1920s or whatever. When you say a word, a duck would come down and win $100. Except for this, we win 
risk cards or something? Don't worry about it, Chris. When you have a set, you'll find out. I have <laughs> no idea what's going on, but uh, we have these, and we're going to try to be as prepared as possible for this. So, um, we'll, we'll be ready for that. We'll get to that in a bit. But, uh, what other things could they put on that flag instead of the American flag or the Chinese flag? Are we thinking the MTV flag? Uh, do gamers have a flag yet? Or is it just, like, a picture of the Master Chief? I think it's, well, like, the see... Kekistan flag or something with Pepe. Uh, Neil Armstrong can't plant the flag on the moon because that would spoil the reveal of a space eagle named Small Government landing and landing <laughs> the, the flag for him. <laughs> I, I'm, look, I'm just really happy you didn't make a joke about Neil Armstrong taking a knee on the moon. God, <sighs> if that happens, though. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Armstrong gets out of the spaceship and just dabs. <laughs> <laughs> we find out the entire movie was actually just a ploy to sell Fortnite skins. It turns out this was the, the entire movie was just a Logan Paul sketch. <laughs> Imagine explaining to Buzz Aldrin what flossing is and why it's in the movie. <laughs> Punchy square in the fucking nose. <laughs> Hidden figures for this. <laughs> if I saw a trailer for The Girl in the Spider's Web and it doesn't have Rooney Mara in it and it's not directed by David Fincher, what's even the yeah. point? Looks real bad. Yeah. Which well, is disappointing because I really like Betty Alvarez, but boy, that looks real bad. But, you know, I'll give him a chance. Betty Alvarez, you know, he's... He got Don't Breathe, he had Evil Dead. I think I can trust him at this point. Speaking of uh, people we know we can trust, uh, you guys have seen The Grudge, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, they're coming out with a new version next year, and ordinarily it'd be against a remake on principle, but they got Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi involved, so have to go there on principle. Did they get Sarah Michelle Gellar back? They could. She still looks younger than I do. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a deal breaker otherwise. Yeah. Of well, all projects, like, he... Sam Raimi doesn't do much. What, what about the grudge? I mean, like, you know what? This needs a retelling. Ten years later. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to do some, this. Is, it's it's going to be an assignment. All right, great. Um, let's talk about what we recently watched. Uh, Parker, how about you go first? Oh, buddy. There's a long list here. Great. Let's start off with the important part. Yes. Your friend Parker finally got to saw upgrade. And guys... Guys, 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 guys. I love Upgrade with all of my heart and soul. Yes. That movie is so fucking good. I think you mentioned when you saw it, but his like his facial acting when Stim yeah. first activates is incredible. <laughs> like this is the same premise as Venom, and now there's literally no reason to see Venom because this is <laughs> such a better movie in every possible way. I mean, there is no reason to see Venom seeing... anyway. I mean, give it time. You say oh, that. That was a good hey, point, yeah. Guess what comes out in theaters the week I'm down there? I'll give you a hint. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I knew you planned this strategically. Oh, I've already bought him tickets to go see Video Drum. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like, I want to watch it again. Now that I've seen the ending of it, I desperately want to go back and just rewatch it knowing what I know. Yup. <laughs> my God, that movie rules. And also, what owns that all the music just sounds like the score from Halo. <laughs> yup. <so ridiculous. laughs> Like, the first time he goes absolutely apeshit and you see what he's capable of, it's a real, like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like you're expecting it to be, like, this, like, oh, he's doing some cool karate and stuff, and then he rips a dude's skull in half, and you go, so 
fucking oh. good. Oh! Oh my god. That's what kind of movie this is. It is. Oh, it's oh, so it is good. Chef's kiss the movie. <laughs> All of you should go see it. All right. I hate myself for not paying to see it in theaters. I told you. But don't worry, I rented it and then bought it today. So god it's all good. It's he so made good. up for it. There you go. So after that, I watch Walk Hard, the story of Dewey Cox. <laughs> that movie's so fucking funny. Like, I think between this and Popstar, I'm willing to die on the hill that Tim Meadows is the most underappreciated SNL alum. He has bits, parts of both, and he's so fucking good in both of them. I think that checks out. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have to think about it. But, but I mean, there's so many ex-SNL characters that I don't really want to get in on that. Like, I, there's a lot of Walk Hard I forgot about. I completely forgot about the scene with the Beatles and Paul Rudd's impression. <laughs> where he just looks at the camera and says, Imagine. <laughs> That's his John Lennon That movie is so goddamn good. Great. So you know what? Let's change it up. I watch Upgrade. I watch Walk Hard. Let's watch Hostel for some reason. Because it was sitting on my shelf. Man. You, you, you bought that? He's I mean, a, he's it was a fan it was it. wrapped up with a Walmart sticker, so there's no there's no chance I paid more than four dollars for it. Fair, still though. And uh, I had not seen this since it came out. I forgot how much of it is played for jokes. Like it is not serious at all. There's a couple scenes that are like, oh, that's fucked up, but like this entire second half is almost slapsticky with it. I watch another movie that I'll get to later. That's on the, we'll call it torture porn, even though I fucking hate that term. Hostel is not that. Also, funny story, the main character is El Diablo from Suicide Squad. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I thought it did a really good job of just setting the first 20 minutes of just being the dirt worst, loudest, most obnoxious American tourist possible. Like, you hate them immediately. <laughs> Every scene is just them going into a different country's culture, picking fights and yelling and wondering why no one's speaking English. <laughs> and they die horribly. But, uh, like, it's better done than I th- than I remembered it being, honestly. Like, it's, it's fine. I'm not sure why I watched it. I think I looked on Letterboxd and went, huh, haven't checked that one off yet, and it's sitting right next to me. I can knock that one out. Because, you know, life is about completing lists. Yes. Instead of spending time with family and loved ones. Mm-hmm. Big mood. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> After that, I watched a movie from the 80s called Night of the Creeps. Now, for the first 20 minutes, I'm like, you know what? This is alright. But this might be another case of like, hey, it's pretty good if you grew up with it, but I didn't grow up with it. And then Tom Atkins appears. Yes. In a oh, white yes. tuxedo. Make way for the being, face. Being handed a tropical drink that's inside of a coconut. <laughs> like, all right, you know what? This movie's pretty good. And the movie is just essentially like a throwback to a 50s B-horror, kind of like the Blob remake, but with Tom Atkins shooting zombies in the face. So, you know what? <laughs> good movie. <laughs> I love that that's all it takes. It, it mean, really is. Tom Atkins' big meaty face can really improve the movie. Because literally, it's 20 minutes of movie, and then it's just a smash cut to him sitting on the beach in that tuxedo. <laughs> like, Hold the fuck up, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? Like, if you didn't watch the credits, you wouldn't know he's in the movie until almost 30 minutes in, and he's just chilling. <laughs> it's real good. And then, so it was worth waiting for. Then there's the video I sent you, yes. <laughs> where there's a zombie in the house. He moves the woman out of the way and says, It's Miller time and shoots it in the face. 
<laughs> movie's real fucking good. <laughs> oh, I love movies. I started downloading it as soon as I saw that scene. I was like, it's okay, I'm in. Fucking good. Then I watched a Keanu Reeves vehicle, his only directorial effort, called Man of Tai Chi. <laughs> what? Guys, How do I not know about this? This movie fucking slaps. You should watch it immediately. Okay. So like, let me give you a rundown of the Man premise here. Man of Tai Chi. So it takes place in China. Everyone speaks Chinese. Except Keanu Reeves, the American man who runs an underground fighting ring and makes people fight to the death. <laughs> let, let me throw this at you. Let me throw the first scene of the movie at you here. Let me scroll down. Because I wrote it down specifically in case you hadn't heard of it. Yeah. So the movie just op- cold open, two guys fighting underground somewhere. One guy gets the other guy down, clearly winning. Keanu Reeves tells him to finish him. The guy does not. So Keanu Reeves comes in in a spooky mask and breaks the beaten guy's neck. He packs his shit like he's about to leave. Then he walks in the locker room. He's like, hey, man, he let me down back there. And then shanks him. <laughs> That's the start of the movie. <laughs> That's so do this go to theaters? Uh, this is going to the top uh, of the queue. Might, Holy uh, shit. Like, it's not as good as the raid, but, like, the hand-to-hand combat is fucking great. There's long takes. It's not quick cut, chopped together. It's real, real good. You should absolutely watch it. All right. I think I'll get on that, yeah. I'm going to have to as soon as we're done recording. Now, here's a movie. <laughs> a 90s horror movie that just got a Blu-ray release for some reason. Okay, so this is called Brain Scan from 1994. Now, let me put into your head where we were in 1994. Halloween 5, <laughs> Freddy's Dead, and Jason Goes to Hell. So all the big franchises were just in the shit heap. Like, just donezo. It's like, yeah. you know what? We have an opportunity. We can make our a brand new one, start fresh, get a cool, charismatic slasher villain going. So this movie comes out in 1994. Who would you make as your teenage lead in this movie? I can have anybody. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Paul Walker. Close. The answer is Edward Furlong. What? <laughs> Here's the synopsis of this movie. A lonely teenage horror movie fan discovers a mysterious computer game that uses hypnosis to custom-tailor the game into the most terrifying experience imaginable. When he emerges from the hypnotic trance, he's horrified to find evidence that the brutal murder depicted in the game actually happened, and he's the killer. Now, if you want to drive home how this movie is aggressively 90s, so the shitty Freddy knockoff slasher dude, like, comes out of the game... And he starts dancing on the kid's bed to a Primus song. So, <laughs> Which Primus song? That. I could not tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Who can tell the Primus part? song? <laughs> There's also multiple butthole surfer song on the soundtrack. Oh, good. So, Jesus. Uh, if you want to just really get into the griminess of the early 90s. Wait, 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 what was the name of this movie again? Brain Scan. Brain Scan. I, actually, this <laughs> one might be the top of my queue. <laughs> it's real bad, but also real good. <laughs> it got a Blu-ray, at least. <laughs> I do. God bless these companies. They're like, you know what? The world needs a collector's edition of this. <laughs> Stomping around on a bed like he's Les Claypool. Look, Taking just because I did that in the 90s. <laughs> to fucking remaster and re-release these movies that should have been lost to time. God bless them. Now, after that, I watched a rather unpleasant film called Martyrs. Hmm. Let me sit you down for my Sunday. So my friend's out of town. I'm watching his dogs. I wake up nice and early, go over to his house, let out his dog, play with him a bit, feed the cats. 
stop by and get some donuts on the way home. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what it is. I'm feeling this movie. It's a nice sunny day, eating some donuts. And I turn on one of the most upsetting movies I've ever seen in my life. My fucking God, the ups- just utter extreme violence <laughs> made my soul hurt. Here's my quick summary. It has upset me in a way that movies usually don't. It will stay with me forever. It's great, and I hopefully will never see it again. Because Jesus fucking Christ. Was it on that horror list that uh, they shoot zombies, you don't they? You better believe it. <laughs> well, at least you got something out of it. Learning that this dude wanted to remake Hellraiser, and then the studio was like, actually, we're going for like a more teenage thing, <laughs> hurt me so deeply. Because there cannot be a more perfect director. This is a movie that's really good, but I would never make you watch it because you would have absolutely no fun with it. You would be very angry. Uh, I, I, there I is a it. scene like 30 minutes in that is one of... it. I don't turn away from movies often, let's put it that way. <laughs> it was a real like pausing, like, should I just come back later? Like, It's not even fucking <laughs> lunchtime yet. What am I doing with my life? I went through a lot. I've definitely felt like that when watching certain movies. Actually, I think that's how I felt when I watched Hostel. Yeah, Hostel is not... Like, there's a couple scenes that are, like, kind of wince-worthy. But it really, like... It doesn't do anything for me now. Mm. Maybe I'm just old and jaded. Or maybe it came out when I was, like, 14. And that's yeah. why I'm so upset by it. Yeah, this is like when we were, like, 17 on the internet. And so we would post Goatsy and we'd just be, like, been there, done that. Yeah. Like, fucking whatever. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting close to October... A lot of times, I run the mistake of like, I'm going to watch all these slashers, and they just watch all the same installments of a franchise. I'm like, I'm going to branch out. I've never seen Prom Night. Guys, I don't understand how Prom Night is one of the slashers that's still talked about 40 years later. Because it fucking womps. It is very, very, very boring. I don't think I've ever even heard about it, though. You say it's still talked about. I mean, in my incel community. But still... So, obviously, it takes place at the prom. The entire last act is at the prom. And then it's 30 minutes of disco music. (laughs) Just fucking stop. It is unbearable. It is the, like, the worst reveal of who the killer is in a very long time. Really boring deaths and just, I'm not exaggerating, like 30 minutes of just unrelenting disco. Alex, how would you like to be a fly on the wall in Parker's room and just see the look on his face when he has to hear all that disco music? I'm just imagining the look on my own face when I saw Sunshine, except with a movie that Parker's supposed to like. Like, it's on every single list. I'm like, hey, here's all the essential slasher movies. I don't know. I guess it's just because it has Jamie Lee Curtis and literally no other reason. Because it's balls. Now, that was the last thing I watched, but since neither of y'all watched Predator or Predator or Predator 2 and Predators, let me throw in a couple hot takes on them. Oh, yes. I'm so ready. So, Predator 2, here's the thing. There are two truths about it. Predator 2 is awful, and Predator 2 is really good. Oh. It is a bad movie, but it's also real fucking good. Hey, alright guys, how do we improve on the original? Alright, what if we take it out of the jungle? put it in the concrete jungle and then also put in Gary Busey Danny Glover and Bill Paxton <laughs> that's one way to make a movie I'll tell you that much. <laughs> have either of you seen it before? I have no. not seen Predators 2 what if I told you 
a lot of the conflict is there's all these street gangs, there's gang warfare going on before the Predator gets there, and one of them is a Jamaican voodoo gang. Oh, yes. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, ju I'm just imagining the well. fucking Jamaican guys from Marked for Death. <laughs> what if I told you they wanted Steven Seagal to star in this, but then he went and made Marked for Death instead? Oh, wow, <laughs> funny how well. that works out. <laughs> What if I told you Patrick Swayze almost started this, but he got hurt during Roadhouse? Fucking what? Well, yeah. at least he was There's... busy doing something better. What if I told you Gary Busey gets cut in half by a predator? <laughs> what if I told you in The Predator coming out soon, Jake Busey plays Gary Busey's character's son? Fuck <laughs> it. Told you why is he, why is he really saying good. this all like I... it's one of those ESPN 30 for 30s? <laughs> <laughs> There I should watch an entire documentary on this movie. I'm fine. I think I'd have to. It was directed by Stephen Hopkins, who you might know from A Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and Lost in Space. <laughs> who I don't know him at all. <laughs> Actually, I've seen Lost in Space. Oh, man. Future episode and a half. Yo, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> like, I feel like since I was really young in the 90s, I never really experienced Danny Glover at his full power. And I feel like that's a mistake yep. on my part. Because he yells, okay, pussy face, it's your move at the Predator while he shoots him with the gun. <laughs> it's pretty good. Now, Parker, I have to ask, how big was that pussy? Um, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> the size of a house? <laughs> because of the echo. <laughs> okay, so, let's talk about Predators, because I have a problem. Is no it that you saw Predators? It's actually surprisingly good, and also no one told me about the cast of this movie. Let me run this down for you. So we've got Adrian Brody absolutely shredded for some reason. How? <laughs> like, literally, we get all the characters, like, in the first scene. Like, they all just get parachuted onto the Predator planet to get hunted. So we get Adrian Brody, Danny Trejo, this giant Russian MMA fighter who plays a giant Russian in every movie, including Air Force One... Bad Boys 2, Miami Vice, and Rollerball. So, really good movies. Yes. A female IDF sniper who feels like she was supposed to be Michelle Rodriguez, but she might have been busy. Oh, yeah. A Japanese man named Hanzo, who's a Yakuza enforcer <laughs> who uses a katana and fights a predator with it. <laughs> Ali... Walton Goggins yes, both okay, appear beating the shit out of each other, trying to murder one another. Topher Grace. What? And then, like an hour into the movie, they find Lawrence Fishburne disguised as a predator who's been hiding out on the planet. <laughs> okay. This movie is so good. So who so upset I didn't movie? have more time this week. I've gone almost a decade without knowing that this movie had all these people in it. That's if someone told me, hey, Walton Goggins <laughs> tries to murder a predator by sneak attacking it and jumping on its back, I would have watched it the day it came out. <laughs> I have been let down. Like, jeez. Oh, it's not a great movie, but a Yakuza guy sword fights a predator. <laughs> like, straight up, <laughs> that happens. Steals predator's souls. Lawrence Fishburne says he's been hiding out there for like 30 years. But he's fat Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> it <laughs> fucking rules. Oh man. Yeah, that you should you should make time for it. How and Predator many... too, because it's bad, but also aggressively nineties. How I, I many movies has Lawrence Fishburne just showed up an hour in as like the surprise reveal now? <laughs> like, it's like hate, right? might like, actually be his thing. He did that in Batman v Superman too. He did okay. that in John Wick too. 
like, like I'm, I'm not joking. Like they're running around the planet and they run into a predator and it says something to him. Like, wait, what? And then he takes the predator mask off. And it's just Lawrence Fishburne. It's so fucking good. And I think that's it for me. Oh, last thing: The Good Place season two is finally on Netflix after waiting for like a year, and everyone should watch it. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Uh, so the movies that I've watched, uh, I don't know how to explain this to you guys, but uh, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. I watched a 1962 black and white Polish movie directed by Roman Polanski called Knife in the Water. It was a waste of my time. Then I watched a Korean movie on Netflix called The Wailing. Uh, and God, this movie, Parker, this one specifically, I think is for you. I think you have got to see this. I think this I've is heard an instant nothing classic. But good things. It is. I have uh, that. that was going to fit that in this week, but didn't get to it. Okay, so I think the biggest thing about this is that it keeps you guessing the whole way through, and it's a long one. It's like two and a half hours, so you got to kind of strap in. But at the end, the climax, you are just guessing back and forth between these two different. I'm, I'm going to call them entities. Uh, and at the end, I, I still wasn't sure. The one thing I have to say is, after watching it, um, I watched it with a Korean friend, and we both identified that there was a like kind of a plot hole in the movie. We weren't entirely sure how they could cover it up. So I'm not entirely sure if the movie still works, but other than that, I kind of loved it. I think it is like a really, really good movie. And then I was like, oh, Parker has his They Shoot Zombies, Don't They list with like a thousand horror movies. I bet I can totally top him on that. I'll watch this next one, Eyes Without a Face. This will be really good. I could have just watched Face Off. It would have been a lot better. Um, I, I actually just wrote that one down movies. the other day to download. It's, so I'm good. Actually, there were a couple parts that are like legitimately really great. So it came out in 1960. It's black and white and French. So already Parker's going to delete it. However, there was a scene in there uh, where they have to remove a woman's face. And... I don't think they hold back. It, it For a black and white movie, it's one of the goriest scenes I've ever seen, because it really looks like they are removing her face. It actually looks incredible with the inf- with the effects. Cause, again, considering 1960, but it, a lot gorier than Psycho also came out in 1960, so a tentative recommendation. I think of the first act is like the only thing that's worth watching, and the second act kind of dies a bit in the third act. I just I was like kind of bored. So there's that. So I, I take can- it they don't put her face on anyone else's face? I unfor- actually uh, debate. I I can't spoil it. Okay, but, uh, right, we're that's, talking. That is good enough for me. That is kind of the point of the movie. Is there's a woman who had her face uh, disfigured, so they do that old chestnut where they have to like abduct someone and take off like a body part or something and replace it over here. They did that with a head transplant in an MST movie, and obviously there's Frankenstein, you know, and I'm sure a bunch of H.P. Lovecraft stories with the racist words in them. But uh, this one is, I think they kind of changed the formula a little bit. So, Parker, your mileage may vary. You actually might enjoy it a little bit more than I did. I just, I think it just kind of lost interest. I also watched 1967's Point Blank. It's a thriller that has Lee Marvin in it. Now, this, this is an interesting one. Uh, I watched and I was like, well, you know, it was okay. It didn't really uh, tickle my fancy. But uh, I read something before I watched it that said, if you go into the movie and immediately assume that Lee Marvin's character is a ghost, the movie still works and is possibly better. I tried that and it doesn't work at all. It is shot down a million times. I don't know who came up with that theory, so you have to ignore shit like that. It's it's like the same sort of people who say like, oh, Ferris Bueller's day off was all in the mind of this side character. It's like, why, why do you gotta ruin a good movie? It's already fun the way that it is. Okay, 
So we all agree that every single fan theory is X character is dead the whole time is the fucking worst, and I hate them. I seriously hate that shit. You asked me the same thing about uh, American Psycho. Or like, did it actually happen, or was it? Always? I was like, yeah, of course it happened. Don't ruin the movie for me. The you know? number of people like, well, clearly it couldn't have. Like, that's the whole point. Yep. That's the whole point that they don't recognize him because yeah. they don't care. Yeah. Now, okay, sort of a main event here. Now, I have been very intimidated by the game of games. I am just shocked at the power that Parker has. He knows how to hurt me. So, I decided I would kind of beat him to the punch in a way. I'd uh, sort of get out in front of this one. Strong move. What if if I watched a movie I knew I would hate before he can recommend it? You know, saying that out loud, I kind of realized that wasn't the best idea. So, I watched 2006's Silent Hill. Now... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Motherfuck! It That's worked, been buddy. on the list for a long time. Now, here's the thing. Um, you guys, I guess, probably know that I get like super passionate about things I like, and it's, it's like Shantae and Undertale and stuff like that. Silent Hill is one of them. I think the first two games are masterpieces, two of the best pieces of art I've ever experienced. And I especially love the first game. I just oh, I love everything about it. And I was watching this, and I'm not gonna lie, the first act, I was kind of loving it. There's a there's a bit of a kind of dim-witted things, and he didn't understand some things, but for the most part, it wasn't necessarily a shot-for-shot remake, but very close. There were a couple things I was like, yeah, this is it. This he he gets it. This is actually the game. He knows exactly what he's doing here. And then you get to the second act, and it started losing me a bit. And when I got to the third act, it was perhaps the silliest movie I've ever seen. So it actually earns a very serious recommendation for Parker just because the third act is perhaps the dumbest thing I've ever seen. However, I don't want you to watch it because I still want you to play the games. I, I guarantee you'd enjoy them. And the other thing about this movie that I would... Uh, I, I still have to say that I liked it more than I didn't like it just for that first act because it, it seemed to understand things. But it very it very clearly does not understand the story of Silent Hill, which people say, oh, it's open to interpretation. Yeah, I get that to an extent, but it didn't have child rape. And just like oh, when you well, talked about... Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like Parker talked about, oh, you wouldn't like uh, killing of a sacred deer because they're like, they do terrible stuff to children. Yeah. Right there, it kind of ruins a movie for me. It's the same reason why a Serbian film is my most disliked movie. I, I, I can't get into it. It's not even funny for me to joke about. I, I just, this sort of thing just pisses me off. And they sort of, they don't show it on the screen, thank God, but they, they basically imply that a little 10-year-old girl got raped in the movie. And that's not fun. That's, that doesn't work for horror either. It's just, I don't even know why it's in this movie. There's no reason for it. Yeah, but you should never watch Split. I, I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to have to. You're going to have to, but, uh, well. Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, again. I have a that, question for you about Silent Hill. Oh, please do. What if I told you that all this, like, literally every scene with Sean Bean was added afterwards? I, I would say that was very, that was fairly obvious. Now, what if I told <laughs> you that if you write Sean Bean's name, it doesn't make sense? It should either be Seen Bean or Sean Bon. What if I told you the sequel to Silent Hill is significantly worse? What if I told you that I watched the sequel, Silent Hill Revelation uh, 3D, because I knew you would also assign that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's fine, I'll just get more creative. That's fine. You know what? I respect that. It's a power move. It's a real power move. You're really putting your balls on the table right now, I really putting my balls on the table and just smashing them with a a ball-peen hammer, because, like, fucking this one... This is where it gets really bad. Silent Hill, again, does have one thing going for it. That first act is a very, very good uh, idea of how you could make a Silent Hill movie. It, it, again, there were so many things. It's like it's not just, oh, I recognize that. It's like, no, they get like part of the fun of it. 
Silent Hill Revelation 3D is about a million things go wrong. Can we talk about Kit Harrington? Why why is he in this? Uh, <laughs> is he really? Why, why do sucks. women find this kid sexy? And that's the thing is Sean Bean is in the first Silent Hill and he very clearly cannot do an American accent, but he's trying his best and his best is awful. Kit Harrington is somehow worse. So this has two Game of Thrones characters. Uh, Sean Bean is who in Game of Thrones? I don't remember any of their names. He was a he was the first guy. I'm not outing myself. Oh, he was Aragorn, and in uh, the other one, actually, uh, Kit, Kit Harrington, he plays Khaleesi. So you got like two veterans here, and uh, it doesn't work out. I don't know who the actress is. I think the lead actress who plays, I don't even remember her name. It's whatever she's doing. She's not doing a very good job. It's just the performances are awful. It's it is a very clear. I do not understand how Silent Hill works. I don't know why they have those big titted nurses in the movie. It, it doesn't make sense for them to be there. there. There's no reason for Pyramid Head to be there. Someone clearly played Silent Hill three. They took a note on the biggest scenes and then they completely botched it. So uh, don't watch Silent Hill Revelation three D. Um, then I watched 1967's Weekend by Jean-Luc Godard, who I, I just fucking hate Jean-Luc Godard. I, I'm just <laughs> never going to say it. <laughs> no. no, you know, and that's enough for us. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I actually, I, I cannot get into Jean-Luc Godard. I, it, it actually, I, maybe I'm just stupid, all right? You know, everyone laugh at Chris, the big dumb idiot. And finally, I watched a movie that came out this weekend called Searching. It's about a Korean-American family. Uh, it takes place all on one computer screen, kind of like that movie Unfriended, except this one's good. And it's got John Cho in it. He's he's fantastic. Um, this movie is very, very obviously flawed in a couple ways. It's twenty. The movie takes place in 2017, and they're still running Windows 95. So I don't... Or maybe it's Windows 98, I don't know. But there's no reason for it besides the fact that, well, John Cho's 46, he's basically a boomer, and I don't really think that that flies. Uh, there, there are a couple... I don't know if it's a leap in logic. Maybe he doesn't do the things that you want him to do, and the movie is, at times, deliberately frustrating. But once you kind of go into it and you understand that they're trying to sort of pull your heartstrings on certain parts... It actually, I was able to buy into it. The opening scene, apparently I'm just never going to see another movie that doesn't have an opening scene with a mother dying from cancer. Thanks a lot, Hollywood. Appreciate it. Uh, it was still done beautifully. I was legitimately crying, and not just because of personal reasons. It was just done very, very well. I was, I, I bought into the action. I bought into, like, the, the, the mystery and everything, trying to figure out certain things. The movie has a very good sense of humor. It's a little bit too predictable for me. I think it was about midway through the movie where I immediately found out who, uh, who done it. And I, I, I didn't quite do what my dad does, just point at the screen and yell for everyone to say, he did it, just like that. <laughs> but, uh... Alex, nice. I want you to watch this, and I know you wanted to. I'm planning on it, yeah. I, I have a feeling that you're either going to love it the same way I did, or you're going to be like, that's one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen, and here's X, Y, and C, Y. And I wouldn't be able to say you're wrong, because there's a lot of really dumb shit. But I think it just works out on its own. I don't think it's going to win any awards at the end of the year, but I'm really happy that I saw it. I do have one question about it, and basically Go how they it. handle something. Because, yeah. like, like you said, the conceit of the movie that it basically takes place on one computer screen. Yes. Do they properly utilize that fact to limit the scope of the world and like what you know that's going on? Like, do they do they use it as a restriction in terms of the information that you're given? I think that essentially they do at certain points. Okay. Uh, there are certain there are certain points where they it's almost artificial. Like at one point he gains access to his daughter's uh, 
a computer and all her Facebook and, and messages and stuff like that. And what the first thing he should do is look at her outgoing messages. And he doesn't do that. And I think I thought that would have been like the first thing anyone would do. And I think that would have expanded the world to a certain extent. Um, the one thing uh, I had I had something for this. The the one thing that. Um, John Cho does in the movie that's a little bit much for this. Now, film is a visual medium, so he FaceTimes almost every single one of his calls, okay. and uh, that's it's obvious that no one actually does that these days, and it, you have to kind of, like, give him excuses, like, okay, it's because it's a movie, but even then it gets ridiculous, but the other thing that's ridiculous in the movie is, again, it all takes place on a computer screen, and you know, like, that Windows uh, screensaver where it's, like, kind of like a particle effect or something like that. It's some sort of like light streaming around. It changes colors and goes around the screen. God, I was hoping the, you were going to say the maze. No, no, I wish. So the, 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 the computer screen does that at, at least two points during the movie, and it plays like this sort of spacey new age music while it's going on. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't pretend like this is like a, a really cool thing that's making me think or something. But the humor actually works really well. I had a really good theater experience, except for the one point where there was a a reveal of information and you find something out and uh, the movie does a really good job of letting you for the most part of letting you figure stuff out on your own and at least two three people next to me said that's the girl from before I saw her I'm like guys guys we're trying to watch the thing Uh, I also saw it on No Sleep with a friend who also saw it on No Sleep and she thought it was one of the most boring movies she's ever seen and she's actually Korean so I, I don't know. Again, this is another one where your mileage may vary. Uh, but overall, I actually, again, I kind of loved it. She also said that the the daughter who goes missing is a complete idiot. And we missed something towards the end. Um, and uh, for a while, we were, we were talking about we were debating. I was like, wait, was she actually one of the dumbest people on the face of the planet? But then I had to read the Wikipedia summary. And no, she wasn't quite that dumb. So... Uh, there, are, there are parts will, that will make you laugh intentionally and unintentionally, but I swear, if you just buy in, this will be like a really good use of your time. Yeah, I, yeah. I will probably be reporting back on that next week. Like, I'm glad to hear for it. Sure. Now, that's, that's all for me. Alex, do you have anything that you've watched this week? I fucking wish, dude, but I'm working double shifts right now, and it's been oh. <laughs> I mean, hey, get that money, man. Uh, also, I watched King of the Hill again, which... I, I, the only thing I have to say about it is this: uh, I love King of the Hill. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's one of my best. It's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Season one is almost like a different show, just because of the way that Hank acts. He's like a different character. He's just like a lot meaner than he needs to be, and like demanding breakfast from his wife. Like I don't, I don't really know what they're trying to do here. But uh, I, I, I like it because I can come back to it after a couple of years and be like, oh, there's this joke that I missed. There's there's this thing that I missed, and it's still real good. So, uh, I, I love King of the Hill still. Now, Speaking uh, of, I haven't watched King of the Hill in forever. And I went to my friend's house today to, you know, let his pets out, and I turned on Comedy Central, and it was the episode where Hank Hill smoked a joint. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real good day today, I'll tell you that. Oh, no, I'm high. He sparked a J in English. He smoked a J. <gasps> Hank! <laughs> This show fucking rules. Oh, man. That's really good. I forgot about that. I was worried uh, because very easily, whenever I watch a show, it's pretty obvious what my least favorite episode is. Uh, Bato and the Water Tribe for Avatar. And for King of the Hill, it's the one with the twister. Because Hank telling his wife to go to hell, even even the way that he does it, is like kind of funny. Uh, for a while, I just kind of hated it because it kind of ruined my impression of the character. But I have to say, on a rewatch, it's one of the best episodes. 
They have like this little one-off joke about uh, Peggy and Luann finding Alex Trebek sexy, and it's just so funny the way that they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and Bobby and Luann to a lesser extent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, are we ready to talk about Predator? Let's do it. Well, you know, also I never saw RoboCop. Anyway, uh, Predator is... What the is... F- <laughs> okay. I do this every single time. <laughs> it gets mad every time. <laughs> now, uh, you guys are going to help me out with this. I actually just watched it uh, minutes ago as, as we speak here. And uh, I didn't take any notes because I wanted to freshen my head. And I think it kind of works that way. This is one of the ones where you go in and you watch Predator. You already know what predator is about i don't know what the advertising was like back in 1987 but do you think that they advertised this knowing that there was going to be an alien i probably should have gone back and watched a trailer uh, but that actually ties in to the thing i think every time i watch it i wish they didn't have that shot of the spaceship in the beginning yeah yeah, yeah that's a good that. point that's, yeah. i mean like yeah. by the time you get there you kind of forget about it because it's been 30 minutes of commando but still I always wish it wasn't there. I think, like, because that's the thing. It's, like, the very first, quote-unquote, reveal that uh, something is watching them entirely in, like, uh, heat ray vision. That doesn't really... uh, Sorry, thermal vision. What is heat ray vision? Uh, Well, watching them all in thermal vision, that's still, like, oh, that could be a gorilla with, like, those... uh, That could be a gorilla? (laughs) Fucking what? That's what they call them. No, gorilla with (laughs) G-U-E-R. It's so that's much funnier funny. the other way. So see, that's no, that's the thing is that. <laughs> see, that's the thing is at one point they say that in the movie is that uh, the gorillas did that, and I had the same reaction. It's like, oh, they're just walking around G-U-A. the woods, and Carl Weathers gets hit by flying feces. <laughs> so, oh, that reminds Damn me. I also watched Congo you know this week. Took me to touch that gorilla to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine just Coco uh, trying to sign language all their like guttural snips and snaps? Well, if there's one thing's for sure, if Coco the gorilla was in this movie, there would definitely be one scene where she spoke perfect English and then never again. <laughs> oh, that. Re- I, okay, so I don't want to skip to the ending, but you say that, and when you hear the predators laugh. The Predator's laugh is so good. It is like the ultimate James Bond villain laugh. This movie ends with a Vincent Price laughing, <laughs> kamikaze himself to kill This movie's five and a half stars. It's so fucking good. I completely forgot of Vincent Price laughing. <laughs> he does the fucking laugh from a thriller that explodes. <laughs> God fucking bless, man. I love movies. Uh, so tag yourself, I'm Mac. <laughs> I'm the pussy joke guy. <laughs> I'm Jesse Ventura's dip. Oops. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, your secret slime word was any professional wrestler. So, what a what a weird <laughs> twist that happens this week. I can't believe it took this long. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I was actually kind of holding on it. I, I That's the thing is, I wasn't trying to bait you into it or anything like that. I forgot Jesse the Body Ventura was in this for a second. <laughs> he's, he's, still playing a, he's still playing nice with the game. He doesn't know. Well, Chris, right. Chris, you have your new word on Discord. Okay, uh, well, let me pull that one up. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I have to say that Jesse Ventura is... Uh, I thought he would be in this a lot more than he was. 
He was in this just the right amount. Really? He okay? So he does have a uh, a few really really good moments where he's chewing the tobacco and says the <laughs> f word up on the plane. Uh, <laughs> Shit one. will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Like me. <laughs> Watching this movie and knowing that Shane Black punched up the script, there's a lot of like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he most definitely wrote that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the fact that they give him like a, a chain gun like that, I think that really, really worked to his advantage. Uh, Ain't got time to bleed. It's like, jeez, oh, this, is, this is really The low-key best part of that line is when he says that and the guy next to him goes, ah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Just completely no cells in you. Have All right, buddy. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, Jesse Ventura has like one more line in it. Does he have something else that he says in the movie? Because I, I don't remember. Probably. Yeah, something else that's probably decent at best. There's only one Arnold uh, one-liner. Uh, it's there are, around. There are two. What's, God, what's the other one? Because well, I wrote you down. Can't, you can't. Are you not get I, to the chopper? Are you that's not no, not get to the chopper. Like, no, there's another yeah. one when they're. Uh, Oh, when he opens the door to the bathroom. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't even remember what the line is. He just says something stupid, then blows a guy through a wall. He couldn't even <laughs> let the guy wipe first. <laughs> Died with shit all over his ass. He doesn't have a lot of one-liners, but he has a lot of good lines. Yeah, yeah, CIA got you pushing too many pencils. Makes me laugh every time. <laughs> as he just aggressively shakes his hand I, for 45 <laughs> minutes. I, I, I wrote down that... that the, the Carl Weathers introduction scene in this movie is like one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. It's, it's it obviously really iconic now because it's such a, a tone movie. setter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those things. That's how I'm going to greet Parker when he steps off the plane. Hey, good to see you. <laughs> Parker, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I know we say this every time we watch an Arnold movie, especially from this period, but my God, the natural charisma. It's you cannot overstate it. I have no idea how he got this good either, because for a long time he was just a musclehead, just going ah ah ah, just lifting, winning all these Mister Universes. But he just has, like you said, it's all natural. I don't think he's ever taken an acting class, and God, I hope he hasn't, because it's not doing him any good. But boy, he he just leads the movie. He is in control of every single scene. That's one of the things that like Tarantino movies are really good at. Like he'll have this character is in control of the scene throughout the entire movie. Arnold is in control, even though there's a predator loose. Yeah, I, I think that is one of the greatest things about what he does in movies. There's a certain level of trust that goes into seeing an Arnold movie when you see him on screen. Like, you know exactly... You don't know exactly where the movie's going or what it's gonna be, but you know that the performance he's going to give is going to make you feel a certain way. Exactly. And that's a big thing for actors in general. I mean, you can take as many acting courses as you want, but if you're not able to like, have that emotional connection, then what are you doing on the screen in the first place? Parker, this is your cue to say something intelligent. <laughs> you're trying to trick me into talking about wrestlers again? I'm not no, you already, you already got you're the already, one. It's not going to be wrestlers twice, dude. Come on. Yeah, that, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you, can, you can mention Biff It's the Biff only Bagwell safe word. Just start talking about <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> the game of games. Of course, Triple H, the cerebral assassin. <laughs> he tried to see badass by drinking water. He's so cool. <laughs> He's failed upwards into like being five years away from running a billion dollar company. <laughs> Triple H is my hero. So uh, Carl Weathers is pretty good in this too. I uh, I had no idea he was as big as he was. I guess I forgot about Rocky. 
Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot that in every time in Arrested Development, where they introduce Carl Weathers, they show the shot in Predator where he gets his arm shot. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot. God, I love that scene so much. Uh, I, I wrote this down. I'll just, I'll just say it now while we're talking about it. I think that's, like, one of my favorite... Uh, um, See, like action scenes that's like a deconstruction of the genre scene where you have the guy screaming as he's firing the gun but it's because his arm is detached and the gun is just going <laughs> off like that is an unbelievably great visual joke that i'm not sure i've ever seen something in an action movie that made me laugh that hard i think one of my other ones that's i guess somewhat similar to that is when they're all just in the jungle it's like at least three of them and arnold included they're all just firing their machine guns into the jungle because they thought they saw a reflection of the they predator they very clearly... trees for an entire minute I, I was about to say that el presador would be la- would be cackling we should just put that scene with him just like screaming over it <laughs> They're just wasting their ammunition. It is perhaps just, the least badass thing I've ever seen in my life, but everyone's going to quote that scene as if it is badass just because they're firing a weapon. It's so funny because, like, the one dude just starts firing into the woods and everyone else runs up and just assumes he actually saw something and also just fires everything they have into the woods. <laughs> there's there's no, like, it's over there. There's no, I saw something. It's just this guy's shooting. We should shoot with him. He fired two in a round of a minigun and his only response is, there in them trees. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're out of ammo now. Now, uh, we have to talk about subjects. Now, Parker, remember when we watched Maximum Overdrive and I mentioned that the one guy probably had a piss fetish? Uh, now, <laughs> similarly to this, do we think that Mac and Jesse Ventura were, like, secretly fuck buddies? In my head, Canada. I think that's what they were going for. Spent a lot of time overseas, <laughs> deep undercover. Yeah, you know, there's. You know. He's a sexual tyrannosaurus. So he's not gonna like. You know, I mean, he ain't, he ain't chewing that tobacco for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this movie take place again? Where is it set? Not just the jungle. It's Central America somewhere. Oh, do they just call it Central America? They don't literally say. It shows Guatemala on the map, but right. like. I, you dumb Americans know where this is. <clears throat> I have to say that uh, someone tried there. to intimate to me that uh, one of the opening scenes where they storm that uh, guerrilla warrior uh, encampment, <laughs> and he he like picks up the truck oh, and God, sends it down the down hill too. and explodes it. They, he tried to say that that's practically a different movie because it's so different from everything else. I have to disagree with that. I think that the action basically matches everything else. It is almost literally the hunter becomes the hunted sort of thing. Well, here's the thing about that scene. So they ostensibly go into this encampment to try to free some hostages. And then they just throw explosives at every single building. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> they see one hostage you execute, they're like, all right, well, fuck it. Yeah. We're burning this whole country down. <laughs> Should I just? I, I'm just gonna edit in that uh, frisky dingo line. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Your legacy <laughs> is intact. <laughs> God, this in, that entire scene where they raid the gorilla encampment is so good. My favorite thing about it is the sound design, which is 95% really, really good, and 5% guys yelling over explosions that was added in afterwards, and it's so fucking <laughs> jarring. <laughs> this movie is like the end of Commando, and then it turns into an alien murdering people. <laughs> like, how is this not the greatest movie of all time? Convince me. You can't. See, that's the thing. So we get we get to this sort of like odd in-between for a lot of Arnold movies, and uh, I guess Commando's sort of in this camp where it's like, some people say it's so bad it's good for a lot of them, but 
I don't feel that way about Predator. And to be honest, I don't actually feel that way about Commando. I think Commando is surprisingly competent. <laughs> but uh, it's like, it was like, oh, there's so many dumb things in that movie. There's so many things that don't make sense. Yeah, but I think a lot of that's done intentionally. And I think Predator is not a good, bad movie. It is a good movie, full stop. There isn't anything that's like overly stupid about this. You know? I think this is a surprisingly intelligent movie. I... Well, this is 100% like... Because I agree, you think, like, oh, it's just a schlocky horror movie. I think it's, like, close to being on par with Alien and Aliens. You know, they cross over. Like, I, I think that's true. It's an actual, comma, good movie. We'll talk about them crossing over in a bit. Yeah, I have oh, I have issues with this movie, but none of them are based on quality. Like, I, I think that it is really well made and really well written and really well designed. And just because there are, like, two 20-minute kind of lullish periods in it to kind of take me out of the movie for a little bit, it's still, like really well done and it's not what people it should think of when they think of a quote-unquote Arnold movie but what, what but what is a movie where you think of an Arnold movie it's actually really is it, I mean is it Terminator 2 I, and Terminator 1 I feel like that's not a bad answer Commando Commando's, Commando's a very good one actually like this, this is this is a weird answer because it's not like what I think of as an Arnold movie but I think it's like the idea of what most people have in their head of what an Arnold movie is, and that's True Lies. Hmm. Well, like, like, yeah, I, I think you realize. might. I think you might be onto something there. Like, the good Arnold movies don't get the credit they deserve. The bad Arnold movies get way too much credit. And that's a good point. Yeah. And when you think about an Arnold movie, it's basically that, which is kind of replacement level, and there's some one-liners, and it's a little bit mailed in, but not too much, so you're kind of okay with it. Oh, you know, one of the things that's going around on, like, the internet is, like, you can tell a lot about a person from where they recognize Tim Curry. Maybe the same sort of thing applies to uh, Arnold movies. Imagine the poor saps who grew up knowing Arnold from Jingle All the Way and Junior and stuff like that. (laughs) Terminator Genesis. Big six to meet you. (laughs) Or End of Days, that's another one. Future episode. Like, the thing about coming back to Predator is... did not expect it to be as well shot and well staged as it was. Oh, it this looks is a good, right? Pretty gorgeous movie. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It like, gets, okay, does not scene, get enough credit for that. The scene, I think we all know what we're talking about here. The scene where like the camera just pans up that pole with the blood dripping down it, and you see the body at the very top. Yeah. What a great shot. The the guy who was operating the camera clearly knew what he was doing. That this is again, this is a competent movie. This isn't there is, oh another stupid Arnold action movie. It's like, no, you're gonna learn something when you watch this. There's clearly a lot of time put into setting up these shots. And uh, a lot of time for the for the creature effects, too. I mean, I know it's just a guy in a rubber suit, but the suit looks good, and the effects look good it's for 1987. I, yeah, I, I actually it, wrote that down. Like, like, did the invisible effect look good in the 80s? I think it had to have, because I've been watching some other 80s movies, and it, comparatively, the effects are, like, so much better. Like, compare this to a lot of the Stephen King movies we've watched. I mean, these effects oh, are I can well. Answer your question. <laughs> That's not fair. It looks worse in Predator Two. So there's <laughs> okay. your there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought like when the Predator finally takes off his mask, he has his little deep, deep things going on. Uh, like that looked really, really good. It's such a good reveal. Yeah, it's one of my favorite monster designs. I love it so much. It's funny because like I do a complete 180 on the monster the second he takes off his mask because I think for the most part, like the the invisible guy with like the mask and the weird cell hands and the strange surgery kit that comes out of his arm is like, I felt, I feel at a lot of points, like in the middle of the movie that it's a bit lazy. And then it just totally goes on its head after he takes off the mask for the last 20 minutes. It's like, Oh, never mind. This monster was good all along. I'm wrong. 
I love how you get glimpses into what this thing is and how it operates, but you don't get any backstory. I that is my hey, favorite thing about so, this movie. Oh, that yeah. is the number one best part of this movie. Is this movie works is like, hey guys, I'm here and you're my sport now. Yep. Okay, movie's over. That's the thing, it's like I was reading about this online beforehand and it says an alien creature has come here and it's a hunter from another planet. The movie doesn't say that. The, the movie can just simply imply that it is a master hunter and it's very very good at that and I don't need to go into the backstory where they're from planet XR 311 and on its home planet it is a king and all I, I don't need all that similarly I don't need to know about Arnold Schwarzenegger's family life for this movie exactly. none of that's important it just works on its own I don't have to be like that's the thing is like they could have tried to make that like an emotional core be like oh if I finally get out of this jungle I can only see my adopted daughter one last time and it's like I Luckily, there's none of that. It is yeah. just a man versus alien, and it works. It's like so there's a you're right. There's a couple of lags where the movie just stops for a bit, but other than those, like it's pretty clean. These are the best of the best. You know they're the best because they just murdered an entire country, and then here they are just getting picked off like nothing. Yep, done <laughs> in and out. No exposition of like. Alright, well, uh, I traced the symbol back to this document, and uh, I phoned my friends at the CIA, and they said, uh, back in the caveman times, these hunters would come to Earth. <laughs> no, you don't need to know what they are. It's just the alien. It's, no. Just assume it's called Predator, because that's the name it's of the It's so sad that they couldn't do this in 2018, because everyone just has lore-itis from all these Marvel movies. Oh, jeez, you're okay. right, yeah. Now, I want to talk about the big pussy joke guy. (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) So, uh, let's all give our best big pussy jokes. Uh, You know what they say about big pussies. The bigger the pussy, the more balls you need. (laughs) You gotta give it the goofballs, dude. Top of that, he's gonna get the goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any other? I big do love jokes? the payoff of the second joke. Where's that awkward silence? There's like a five-second pause that he laughs hard. by himself. Well, the, the, that is the fun. The timing. funniest part of that joke is that it immediately flips to the thermal vision, and you hear the. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the predator's watching this giant Indian dude laugh at a pussy joke. <laughs> Oh, oh you know what? Okay, so maybe this is me just being a big, dumb, gullible idiot. But So I'm watching it, and Carl Weathers has like the girl in, in his hand, right? And uh, Mac is behind him and says, Hey, Carl Weathers, come over here. And he's like, turn around. And he raises up the knife and puts it right into his shoulder. I was like, oh! I, I like legitimately was like, oh my god, there was a... Oh, a scorpion. Yo. The movie actually got me on that one. <laughs> God, that would have been funny if you just stabbed Carl Weathers halfway through the movie. <laughs> like, all right, get out of this jungle. Boy, that, that's, that's a twist for that character, I'll tell I mean, you what. He did say that. I was going to bleach. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I spent my whole afternoon talking like Bill Duke. <laughs> Jesse Ventura in the background saying, I don't have time to bleed. <laughs> Speaking of Bill Duke, guess who forgot that his head just Oh my god, it's so good. I totally Yo. forgot that too. <laughs> I forgot we had a gratuitous head explosion. This movie has everything. Yeah, it's a good head explosion too. Yeah. Right? For yeah. 1987, that's like real solid. 
that is, uh, this is right around the same time Scanners came out, I think. Scanners is still, I think Scanners still wins the biscuit for best head explosion. Yeah, but that, that's, that was that's one fair. of the ones where they show you the whole thing. This is from behind, it's really quick, but that's the way it's supposed to be. If they had lingered on that shot for like, even like a second longer, it really wouldn't have been any good. I just remember that first reveal when they first find the skinned bodies. And you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time you know, like, hey guys, something's wrong. Well, that's the thing. Is like we talk about uh, the influence that action has and how action informs a character. You look at the opening scene where they're all in the helicopter, and they do that all the time in action movies nowadays. And they, in fact, I think they do it even more often in action video games. Uh, they did it in that one Half Life game. They do it in Halo all the time, I think. And of course, all the Call of Duty games and stuff like that. And you can't hear anything because the chopper blades are going so fast. But that scene has been so influential that I, I can't really hate it. And you don't learn a tremendous amount about the characters, but you'll learn enough about them. They're like these little subtle things that they do, and it's enough to sort of tell you this is the type of movie that you're going to be getting into. And I kind of appreciated that. It's it's a lot less important in scenes like that, I think, to actually establish the character details as it is to establish that <laughs> the characters know each other and are comfortable with each other. Like, that's I, I, all you need in that scene. Like, these dudes know each other, they go way back. That's all yeah, you need. Pretty much. I just realized it is, like, it's the polar opposite of, of a movie like The Mummy, 1999, where that they're all on the boat. Uh, Parker, you remember this. The guy with the glasses? <laughs> <laughs> it's at least twice. It's like, oh, just don't take my glasses away from me. I can't see anything <laughs> without my glasses. It's, I think someone in the background was like, boy, it'd be a real shame if you lost your glasses when The yeah. Mummy comes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I lost my glasses and my wife's giant pussy. Ever <laughs> and Johnny Bravo loses his sunglasses at the, at the same exact time. Jeez. Before I forget, can we talk for like two seconds about Jesse Ventura's MTV shirt in the jungle? Oh god. <laughs> so I have to get him one of those. I just know it. Oh god. I want to wear that. I want to wear it too. And then when he gets shot by the Predator, there's a giant hole blown through the MTV logo. It's so good. <laughs> So uh, I went on the trivia concerning Jesse Ventura because I, I have to admit I don't know much about Jesse Ventura. It turns out he might actually be insane. And, oh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> he talks about the beer nerd on TV. <laughs> what? I'm not saying at some point in the season I'm going to have you watch episodes of his, his uh, conspiracy theory TV show, but I'm a thousand percent. Like the episode where he drives all the way up to some secret prison and they won't let him in. They're like, this is private property. He's like, what are they hiding? And then he just goes home. <laughs> it's so cool. So I, I went to the trivia, right? And uh, most of the people who were on the movie were actual bodybuilders. And they would wake up at like 3 a.m. to work out, which I appreciate. I do the same thing. And uh, Arnold uh, is on the set. And he was Mr. Universe like eight years ago or something like that. And uh, J the costume designers go up to Jesse Ventura and they're like, hey, by the way, you've got huge arms. He's like, yeah, I know. And he's, they're like, yeah, your arms are bigger than Arnold's. He's like, oh, really? And that's any little boy wants to hear that news so he goes up to Arnold and says my arms are bigger than yours and I was like let's prove it and they like they'll measure arms and whoever has a bigger arms owes the other like I guess a bottle of champagne or a steak dinner or something like that it turns out Arnold actually had bigger arms and he had paid the uh, costume designers to tell Jesse Ventura that. <laughs> <laughs> such a power now, move you talk about charisma on and I, off camera I love him. he's perfect <laughs> like knowing he took such pride in that moment 
And then that crank is recorded in history for all time. <laughs> they were playing such a power move. They were playing the game of games back then. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you have smaller arms, you have to go watch like eighty hours of fucking black and white movies. Uh-oh. <laughs> Max, that's my resignation. <laughs> they, they find Max headless body, and in his hand is just a single wrist card. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if only he had used a lifeline. Imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger saying Blue Eyes White Dragon. (laughs) Or Yugi Boy. (laughs) Yugi Boy. (laughs) I hate that I've watched three episodes of that and now I'm reflexively doing it. Yeah, I know. You want to watch more, don't you? No, I really don't. (laughs) Why do you say that? Kaiba just carries around a briefcase full of cards. (laughs) He had a man committed to the hospital because he wanted his card. (laughs) He gamed so hard it sent a man into madness. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking owns. Was that dude's name Pegasus? (laughs) (laughs) Buddy. Oh man. He's got a metal eye. Keith. He's got he's got a metal eye like that guy in We're Back in Dinosaur Story. <laughs> the water guy's named Mako. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So would Predator have been better or worse if they had had a Yakuza katana swordsman in it? I, I mean, is that a question? <laughs> I don't know. I think you have to do the... the math of the entire movie of that Yakuza swordsman is talking to Jesse Ventura for ninety minutes. So the answer is significantly better. <laughs> That's a good point. He would have imagine there. He would have referenced Vietnam eight times, despite him not being Vietnamese. <laughs> funny every time. <laughs> he would have called Charlie at least twice. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Jeez, why don't we come up with better ideas than Hollywood can come up with? <laughs> Turns out all you need is late racism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't get that very often on our show. Oh, you know, speaking of idiocy from Hollywood, another trailer I saw that looks like it might actually be the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, What's it called? There's a new Nutcracker movie coming out. Oh, fuck. What what is it called? Let me me look this up here. The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Guys, it looks real bad. Isn't this a bit much? The Nutcracker was originally what a ballet or a or an ice skating show or some shit like that. What's the I, I don't need like a million fucking adaptations of it. And for you to go in and say, yeah, there are these four realms that you must travel to, and you must alight the the yeah. orb, light warriors. I, I saw this trailer now. too. It looks real bad. I, but immediately yeah. after it, I saw the fucking Overlord trailer again, and I'm so in on that movie. I'm. That looks like trash, and I cannot. Uh, like, it's like the best kind of trash. Just the fact that <laughs> fucking Hell's Bells kicks in right after you see from producer J.J. <laughs> J. Abrams. It's like, this is... <laughs> All right, guys, we're flying in to fight the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you? I'm I kind so of want Parker to just do guitar riffs with his voice oh, the entire time I, while he's visiting. <laughs> I cannot wait to see Overlord. <laughs> Because we're going to get an hour in and there's going to be a monster. It's like, surprise! <laughs> I can't wait. What is the release date on this? I love yeah. living in a world where every bad robot movie might just have a secret monster. <laughs> it keeps me on my toes. Yep. I hope it has L337 in it. <laughs> the elite robots. She has, to, she has to link in all of the Nazi zombies that they've created. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> Nutcracker in the Four Realms. 
Okay, I'm a so Nazi that got turned into an air conditioner. Please set me free. All these backstories. <laughs> Anyways, here's the Nutcracker's origin story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at the end of the day, how do we feel about Predator? How do we feel about Arnold Schwarzenegger setting a bunch of fucking traps and then lighting a torch and yelling like that? Because that made me feel things deep in my body I wasn't ready for. It's so funny that that scene happens right after the scene that comes super close to taking me out of the movie entirely, which is when he's hiding from the Predator in the mud and, like, the Predator, like, clearly can't find him. And then he says right before the scene change, he can't see me. It's like, come on, movie. <laughs> really? That had to have been a studio note of, like, come on. We know who's coming to see this movie because Arnold's in That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of one of my favorite scenes, and it was a Batman Arkham City. It has Kevin Conroy's Batman, obviously. And there's a point, it's like sort of like a tutorial part of the game where you go up into the rafter so the uh, enemies can't see you. And Kevin Conroy's voice just saying, they don't know where I am. It's, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> so I say that to people all the time. My final note for this movie is that it's it's 1987, so Arnold has done a lot. He's He's been the Terminator, he was in Red Sonia, he was in Conan the Barbarian, he was, uh, <laughs> I'm not letting, he was in Commando, he, I'm not letting go of Red Sonia, I'm going to assign one of you that movie. Uh, and... As he's doing this, uh, people are saying to themselves, well, he's just fought everyone. The only person left for him to fight is E.T. Guys, if you just go on these ideas, this is the sort of movie that you get. Just, yep. You can say something stupid like that, and it'll probably work out. Listen to our podcast. We've got these ideas. <laughs> First idea, best idea. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> This, I fucking love the way the Predator is structured how it just starts out with this task force just essentially doing commando and then it's stripped away to the point where it's just Arnold setting traps with sticks yeah. and covered in mud it's perfect it's mm-hmm. it, Predator is the kind of movie I watch like every five years and then every time I watch it I spend the whole week going guys have you fucking seen Predator recently it's incredible yep. you should watch yeah, it exactly it's basically Rambo meets Alien two good things that go better together it's like as I time gets between me and seeing it I do like everyone else does like oh there's just another Arnold movie like I forget like no it's actually incredible there is a reason that Arnold's popular and it's not just Arnold he often picked very good vehicles and this is one of them yeah this movie's real good and I think one thing that I really appreciate is the way that they use uh, the way that they use size and physicality in this movie which is almost a necessity when you have Arnold Schwarzenegger in your movie but, like, that's the reason the scene of the Predator lifting him off the ground is so good. Because you see, like, Arnold, this huge fucking yoked dude, this whole movie. You see Jesse Ventura get blown in half by the same gun that, like, is a flesh wound on Arnold's arm. And you believe it. Because you believe Arnold is just, like, that fucking tough. It's not even movie bullshit. Like, you just look at him and be like, yeah, okay, he could take that. Like, that's fine. And then the Predator picks him up, and he's, like, a foot and a half off the ground, and you go oh, we didn't have any scale of this movie before this. Well. They talk about well-structured, so not a lot of negative things to say about this movie. Yeah, a couple is, flaws here and there, but mostly very good. Yeah. Is Predator to Die Hard one of the best one-two punches for a director? Oh, yeah. I can't wow. think of many better. I completely forget. Well, jeez. Yeah. Like, the next year. Shit. That is, that's kind of nailed that one, didn't he? Yeah, he had a great run, and then he made Last yeah. Action Hero, and it was all over. Oh, yep. Well, yeah, well. Rollerball. Like just, yeah. just imagine, <laughs> like, 
being like our age in 1995 and hearing that John McTiernan and Arnold are making another movie and just like you're in at that point and then you see the movie and it's just like oh <laughs> well Oops. well you can't that's have like anything. the the level of disappointment I would feel is what I'm terrified for bad times at the El Royale oh, God, that I, I talked know. about last week like if that movie's bad like I've been disappointed a lot Wait, that one will hurt me bad times at the El Royale is that the that's the uh, hotel movie right it's got um uh, Chris Hemsworth is the bad guy. Yeah, and Rihanna's it, it there. Takes place I think. At a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. That's the one. I keep seeing those trailers for it. That looks good as shit. Uh, if that movie's bad, like it will not just be the regular like, oh, that sucked. It will hurt me deeply. It'll be like a big. I feel scene. like there's no way the trailer's be, good. The trailer's real good. I like everything about all the actors, yep. the director, the writers. Like everything about it should add up. Is really gonna make me sad. The fact that they started pushing that movie so early makes me feel like they know they have something. Because that movie's a little bit too weird to be getting trailers six months in advance in front of major screenings. So I think they're onto something here. Alright, let's you know let's keep up the optimism. I think that goes well for us. Unfortunately, that optimism is going to be ill served because now it's time to talk about the game of games. (laughs) 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 330 in the fucking (laughs) Okay, um, Alex, I'm going to give you the reins here. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and uh, lead us into the promised land. All right. Well, uh, the the quick and dirty version, since you guys should have studied the rules by this point, is I've got a Jeopardy board five categories and five dollar values 100 through 500 and you're going to take turns picking until you have three of them then you'll get an opportunity to flip over a uh, a fourth square to get an extra lifeline whatever's behind the square are the teams you get this week it's, oh fuck yeah okay um so i've got five categories we've got famous anuses hot dads <laughs> i hate john elway breakable bones and chris is gay <laughs> Na- Sorry, what was that last one again? Chris is gay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so before we get started, would anybody like? Be like that one's a trap. Before we get started, would anybody like to use any lifelines this week? Uh, let me let me look over my lifelines uh, to see what I'm up against here. No, no, I can't. Really. Not yet. Not not yet. Not yet. You, you don't want to use the one you can use every week, Chris. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Uh, you run that by me again? I, I was going to. I was going to wait on that. Well, I didn't know that this was. I didn't read the part that it was always on. It's, okay. It says permanent in parentheses at the end. God uh, damn. It. I, okay, I'm actually going to wait to use it. Um, okay. Because I, I want my good friend Parker to go first. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. All right. So Parker, you've got the whole board in front of you. Well, I'm not going to not pick Famous Anus. <laughs> 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 All right, 100 through 500, what dollar amount? Let's go 500. 500, Let's big go boys. Big. Oh, go big or go home. Cowboys and Patriots. Oh, nice guy. You got, you got two teams in the... Okay. Yeah, you... One and one, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will take... Chris is gay for 100. Chris is gay for 100. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'm gonna write down what I got. Okay. Chiefs! That's a good one. Uh, yes, it is. Give me a second here. Damn, okay. you guys. Uh, Parker, go ahead. 
Can you give me the categories again? I should. Yeah, I really should have known. Okay. That too. Famous anuses, hot dads, I hate John Elway, <laughs> breakable bones, and Chris is gay. I completely forgot about hot dads. <laughs> yeah, I'm going hot dads for five hundred. Hot dads for five hundred. Ravens and Steelers. Oh my god, man! <laughs> you guys are okay, dodging right. a lot of cranks thus far. I gotta yeah. say. Because one of those teams plays the Buffalo Bills this week, and the other one plays the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) All right, I'll take, um, I hate John Elway for five. I hate John Elway for five. Seahawks, triple multiplier. Uh, how does a triple multiplier (laughs) work? If you lose, you get an hour of time instead of 20 minutes. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. I don't know who they're playing, but I'm sure Russell Wilson will do great. Uh, Parker, go ahead. I will take breakable bones for two hundred. Breakable bones, two hundred. Which is a myth, so this yeah, shouldn't be any yeah, team. Right. The Super Bowl champion Detroit Lions. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Eagles get the beat. Oh my god. Now now Chris God, please don't let land on bird <laughs> Chris, <laughs> yeah. would you, would you like to uh is now the time? I I would I would like to use the Dragon Ball radar. Oh, what the tip? <laughs> so Chris can find out the location of one of the Dragon Balls every week. God damn it! <laughs> now, now uh, where's it at? Uh, hot Dads for 200. I'd like it. All right. Uh oh. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. All right. You uh, you hit our trivia space for the week. Uh, okay. Okay. So right. how, how this is gonna work? The space is called Horse Trivia for Horse Teams. So, <laughs> if you answer the question correctly, Parker gets the Colts and the Broncos. But if you answer incorrectly, oh, you get the Colts okay, and the Siri, Broncos. Help me out on this oh, one. my heart. All right, no cheating. 15 seconds on the clock. You ready? Okay, okay. What is the highest grossing movie of all time about a horse? Uh, just name the movie? Yeah. Uh, f- uh, Secretariat. Ooh. Not Secretariat, uh, War Horse. Ooh, sorry. We were looking for sex in the city. Oh, fuck. <laughs> now, the good news is you have received a Dragon Ball. I, I get a Dragon Ball? Yes, now? you have a Dragon Ball. When you have I'm seven, you can cash words. them in for a I wish. I have a Dragon Ball. Yes. <laughs> you have many things to read. Uh, <laughs> but, uh,. Do I get a team on this? Or, uh, uh, you you get the Broncos and the Colts. <laughs> That's a young team. <laughs> All right, now, now Parker, would you like to flip over another space for an extra lifeline? Fuck right, yeah! What do you got? Give me. I hate John Elway for. Let's go five. It's already gone. Let's throw it on the table. Damn it! Four hundred. AFC East. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Hold on, let me uh, let me send you your lifeline real quick. Let's hope this is working. <sighs> it might be, buddy. Oh, the tension is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Hold on to that one. <laughs> now, Chris, would you like to uh, flip over one more for another lifeline? Yes. Okay, what do you got? Um, let's go with Breakable Bones for 300. You found another Dragon Ball. That's the good thing. Yes. 
<laughs> the bad thing is you have the entire <laughs> NFC South. <laughs> That's actually not okay. that bad. You get, you yeah, get to you play against play Nick Foles Nick and the Buccaneers. Yeah. So. All right, I think that Let's works push. out with me. All right, man. Um, let me send you your lifeline. All my AFC East teams. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hang on. Let me. Let me. Since so, so I have the Patriots twice, do I get to count their win twice? Asking for <laughs> your win doesn't count for anything. <laughs> Damn it! But no, no, uh, you, you can't. You can't double stack this, uh, teams like that. Like, yeah, hey, it was worth a try. Now, Parker, uh, what what uh, spaces do you have so far? Like, uh, what were the uh, teams? Let's go off by blocks, I guess. Let's see. I have the entire AFC East. <laughs> the Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, and Lions. Uh, Cowboys and Patriots, right? That's part yeah. of the AFC East, though. Tell you, so. you know, tell you what, uh, Alex, I would like to utilize a lifeline. <laughs> okay. Absolute garbage. I would like to utilize Yankee Swap. All right. I would like to, God. I'd like to take the Ravens and Steelers from Parker okay. and make him select a new space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many choices do I have under hot dads? Uh, we have one, three, and four. Going four. 400 hot dads. Yeah. Oh, you got the bird teams. Uh, God! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I'm so fucking angry. This show is over. That was that was a quality Yankee swap, Chris. Oh man! Look at this. He got the Ravens back, buddy. Oh good. <laughs> Nick Foles, take me home, Country Road, baby. Well, uh, again, you're guaranteed to only get 20 minutes out of that game since they're playing the Falcons. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. <Right. laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. I don't want to die. <laughs> you and I are both arm in arm cheering for the Seahawks together, buddy. <laughs> yes. You guys want to read off your teams our one more time, real quick? I just want to make sure I didn't forget anything. Our Seahawks and Okay, so, so mine are I have the Chiefs, I have the Seahawks, I have the Broncos and Colts, yeah. I have the entire NFC South, and I have the Steelers and the Ravens. Okay. I cannot believe it. I also have two thing. Dragon Balls. You also have two Dragon Balls. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Parker, read your teams one more time. I have my Cowboys, my Patriots, my future champion Lions, the AFC East, and the Bird Team. <laughs> <laughs> call, call. Boy, one of these lifelines is incredibly tempting. <laughs> but I will take this crake and walk backwards into hell. You can go ahead and use. You can go ahead and use a lifeline. I don't mind. Oh no no no! You're gonna. It's, a, it's like a one. I, I need to see how these teams are shaping yeah. out before I start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, ain't, I ain't gonna hedge my bets. Yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, the Lions are a guaranteed win. Like, they're going 16-0, and 0, like my friend uh, <laughs> Wait, no wait, like, who told you? Like, someone from Target or something? Our, my dear friend, user repick. Oops. <laughs> uh, your your secret sly word was Eddie ETI user that isn't currently on the podcast. Womp womp. 
Okay. I sent Chris another one in case you hit it in the last 30 seconds, but you probably yeah, won't. Yeah, which is uh, actually kind of unlikely yeah. for uh, this. But, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so what? So now that uh, we have the secret slime cards, that means I have two risk cards? I'll, I'll send you your card inventory shortly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I so haven't actually drawn that yet, so. Yet, but uh, I'll wait on that. I'm gonna mark that down. This is gonna be my inventory. <laughs> yeah, your inventory. I have two Dragon Balls, two, Dragon two cards, balls, yeah. and two risk cards. <laughs> I believe you fucking swapped me, and I got the bird team. Bird So goddamn angry. <laughs> I can't fucking believe this. Oh, the sound you made was electric. <laughs> I'm sure everyone in the apartment appreciated that at 3.15 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, it's a good thing we didn't have a physical challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do it's, 10 push-ups and I'll stop you there, Chief. Go and give me the bingles. <laughs> it's just email Will Wheaton. Have you heard of my balls? <laughs> Suck on my balls. <laughs> I'm really sad that nobody hit the pick three animal team space. God damn it. Ooh. Oh, man. It's in the chill down my spine. <laughs> All I can think about is that animal crackers box controversy. People are getting mad over the right things. Uh, speaking about getting mad... Uh, I am. Let's talk about uh, the next <laughs> next week's episode is uh, Alien vs. Predator, yes. a movie everyone was asking for and everyone subsequently regretted. Hey Chris, remember that time Alien vs. Predator is PG thirteen? Oh yes. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot. And Lance Hendrickson's oh. in it. Enjoy. <laughs> it's real good. Oh, she- all right. I'm keeping that one in mind. Jeez. <laughs> Fucking bird teams. <laughs> Some of you might not agree, but you probably likes a lot of misery. Think a while and you will see Broken hearts of for assholes Broken hearts of for assholes Broken hearts of for assholes What you gonna do? Cause you're an asshole Maybe you think you're a lonely guy Maybe you think you're too tough to cry So you went to the grape just to give it a try And Dagmar I'm the ugliest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life Okay uh, In uh, three, two, one Howdy y'all, this is Parker Claire And we're listening to what the Real Deal Ever <laughs> This is garbage. This is cultural appropriation. Sorry. 
Okay. The game hasn't even started. I haven't even had a chance to deserve that yet. So, Alex, does that count as a premature physical challenge? <laughs> Buddy, every day is a physical challenge when you're me. <laughs> okay.